Hello, friends. Have you noticed that you can get caught up in consuming content? Or maybe you notice you are hyper, hyper focused on the doing. Empaths, we often consume. And I know because that was me too, soaking up information from all my favorite teachers and mentors. But it wasn't until I started focusing more on the being and embodiment work that the door to massive clarity was finally unlocked. And I no longer got confused about what was my energy versus everybody else's. I was able to become a more clear channel for creation and as a result, transform my life, business, and health. In fact, my meditation and embodiment practice is what helped me have a nearly $40,000 month this past January, see the highest downloaded month of the podcast, and finally release a lot of unnecessary stress. And my clients felt it and saw it in their lives too. It wasn't reading more articles. It wasn't doing more busy work. So I'm inviting you to graduate from the spongy empath consumer into the self-activated sovereign healer. You can take your podcast listening experience from, ooh, I feel seen, heard, and inspired to, holy shit, I actually feel different. My being has shifted. I am the embodiment of the woman I desire to be. The Third Eye Collective is a simple way to upgrade your experience and commit not only to a meditation practice that complements your healing, but also receive personalized coaching so you can be clear on what direct actions to implement into your highest goals. There are two simple ways to get involved at $11 or $22 a month with no commitment. So if this is calling your name, join this amazing and growing community. Welcome to the Healing Uncensored Podcast. My name is Sarah Small, and I'm a health and mindset coach for women with autoimmune disease just like you. I absolutely love helping you tap into your self-healing power, uncover the energetic side of healing, and release limiting beliefs around your body and your life. Think of this podcast as everything you wouldn't hear at your doctor's office. It's a place for empowered souls to move beyond food and heal themselves on a soul level. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Now let's begin. Welcome to part four of this mini-series on food anxiety. During this episode, I will be chatting with Ren Emmert. She is a wife, functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, mom to six rad kids, all while healing her body of Epstein-Barr virus, extreme anxiety, and multiple chemical sensitivities. As you'll hear today, Brenna is an amazing human being. She has so much knowledge to offer you, and I really love her approach. So let's dive in and learn from Ren. Hi, Ren. Welcome to the Healing Uncensored podcast. Super excited to have you on today. I'd love for you to start by just sharing some of your own personal healing story. That Well, first of all, thank you for inviting me on. I'm super excited. And as I said earlier, when we were talking, slightly terrified. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I, where do I even begin? Uh, October 4th, and I'm just kidding. Um, I guess it, it, the, the, my biggest healing, um, I would say, crisis was back after I had my youngest um, biological son. Um, So I guess it's been about three and a half years ago, all of a sudden, I was just yanked into what was probably postpartum psychosis, Mm -hmm. though you don't tell a woman in the middle of that, that she's in psychosis by any stretch. Um, So I had severe postpartum psychosis, uh, anxiety, OCD, you name it, sister had it. Mm -hmm. And... um, it came on very fast and ferociously. And um, that's kind of where it started for me. I was already on on a pretty big healing journey. My oldest son, he's 12 right now, and he uh, is on the autism spectrum. Mm -hmm. And so we have worked on healing his body through food um, and supplements and lifestyle change. So we were already there, but now we're there for mom. Mom's there. And, uh, so it just came on so quick and and very scary. 
um, to go from, from one minute being able to be fully functional, doing everything like a quote unquote normal person would do. I hate to even use the word normal because hey, we're all weird and not normal. Yeah. Um, but um, to, I was struggling to even leave the couch. To get off of my couch and walk to the bathroom brought me so much fear and terror. Mm-hmm. It was it was like a tornado was about to come in through the house. Like it was horrible. And so I started to um, figure out like what is like what's going on here? Like what's happening? Obviously, these symptoms have come up. They're very uncomfortable. Now, what do we need to do? Um, my first course of action was diet. Um, I started to see a, a, a woman that uh, did some. Um, sacral, no, cranial sacral. I always want to like flip-flop those two. Uh, some cranial sacral on me. I started seeing a therapist once a month and I, um, and I, and I started to heal. Mm-hmm. Um, fast forward now, I, I guess there's been two major ones. So I've, I was coming out of the postpartum depression, anxiety, all that. And then, um, about a year ago, I uh, woke up one morning and I had vertigo so bad, I started screaming mm-hmm. and I'm yelling at my husband, get up, get up, get up. And he's like, jumped out of bed. And it's like, what the hell's going on with you? And I'm like, I'm, I'm braced. I'm holding the bed. I, I could not even do anything besides just hold on to my bed and hold on to it for dear life. Cause it literally felt like the earth had tipped over and was shaking me off. Mm. And, um, that was the first and biggest symptom. And over the course of this year now, um, I have learned that I, uh, have Epstein-Barr virus, chronic Epstein-Barr, uh, Epstein-Barr virus, mm-hmm. uh, possible Lyme, uh, multiple chemical sensitivities, add back in that anxiety and agoraphobia, um, depression. I mean, you name it. I, I can, I can probably use it as a label. Yeah. And um, so this year, ha- though, has been um, diet, supplements, rest, 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 mm-hmm. uh, and then a lot of work internally for me. Who am I? Who, who is Ren? Mm-hmm. Who is she deep down on, in, in here? Mm-hmm. Why? Where are my beliefs? What do I feel? What do I see? What do I experience? And in a nutshell, that's, that's been, um, that's been my journey so far. And like, I'm, I'm still in it. I'm still, I, I'm not magically healed, but I'm healing and my yeah. body's incredible and it's doing it. <laughs> I love that. And I think it's important for us to acknowledge that this process, you know, it keeps going. It's not like we hit this finish line and you're like, oh, everything's fine now. It's, it's like, right, right. Keep. There's, there's di- deeper and deeper layers to keep kind of diving into and discovering about ourselves, especially on the emotional level. So how has, so how has food played into your healing? And then what was your relationship to food kind of before all this? And what is your relationship to food now? Um, I I love, I'll have to backtrack a little bit. I love how you said there's no end finish line. Yeah. Don't we want that damn finish line? We do. We want the fireworks and yes, (laughs) you've arrived, you get a medal, like it's over. (laughs) You have to realize that you may not always have those symptoms, but you're not mad. You're not, you will never be healed and that's okay too. Mm -hmm. Um, so yes, uh, food, food was, has always been played a huge role, um, in my family. Like I said before, my son, uh, is on the autism spectrum and I believe that we've been healing. He is not healed, but healing his body, um, through food has made the biggest impact with him and, you know, some other things we've added in, of course. And so I, I knew the importance of food. Um, but you know, of course, I'm a junk food queen and I love chips and cupcakes. I have a cupcake tattooed on me. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'd go back and forth. My son, I was strict, but uh, mom's going to go eat, you know, cookies in the, in the, the pantry while he's taking a nap. Um, but back, uh, I guess it's been about two years now that I started an autoimmune protocol diet. 
Yeah. So I always explain AIP. I'm sure you've explained it on here before. It's like a, it's like paleo on steroids or paleo's punk rock ass older sister. Like, <laughs> like that's what AIP is to me. And, uh, you know, no nightshades, no chocolate, no nut seeds, no, uh, coffee, eggs, um, of course, all your typical paleo things. So you're, I mean, you're, you're left with a very restricted diet. Um, but I, I did AIP in hopes that um, I could pinpoint some sensitivities in my own body because I, I, I knew, I know that food plays a huge role in how you feel. Mm-hmm. So I, after doing some research, I felt like AIP was going to like really be able to, to, to pinpoint those things. And then I would just haha, add them all back in, <laughs> which I giggle because that's not how it went. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, the, I, I did AIP for uh, probably about a year. A year. Have you been able to in- reintroduce any foods or have you tried? What has your reaction been? Um, I started to reintroduce foods probably about nine, 10 months in. Mm-hmm. And I will say when I did AIP, I had so many symptoms disappear Mm -hmm. and I was really starting to feel good. This was, I I did AIP after the postpartum psychosis with my, my uh, littlest one. Mm -hmm. And I started to to get energy. I was feeling great. I was um, able to go places on my own and drive and do all the things that I hadn't been able to do. But I said, I know there's more healing. So I'll just stay on this diet. Mm-hmm. And I started to add back some things and nothing I was adding in was going well at all. Mm-hmm. Everything, uh, my symptom, uh, I know everybody's symptoms are different, like when they have a reaction to a food. Yeah. Mine personally is I get this burning sensation in the middle of my back mm. and my asthma starts to flare up really bad. It feels like I can't take a deep breath. Yeah. And every time. So anytime I eat something too often or eat something that doesn't settle well with me, I don't have the pain. I don't have digestion. It's that burning pain in my back. And that tells me, Hey, no, don't do that. Your body's way of just sending that message to you. You're right. It's so unique for each of us. Mine tends to mostly be anxiety, sometimes digestive, but most of the time not foods that my body does not like and it's going to tell me is like bam right into the panic attack and Mm -hmm. um so what 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 emotions were you feeling as you were going through this so you said that I love that AIP is like paleo's punk rock (laughs) and it is it's pretty intense it's it's um it's very strict there's a lot of yes can't eat it's easy to feel like oh my god I can't eat freaking anything anymore and so then there's this hope that, that you will be able to reintroduce foods and it'll go well. Mm-hmm. So what was that kind of emotional roller coaster like as you go through that process? Um, well, I, I feel like I started out really strong. I never cheated. I never fell off the wagon because I'm one of those, like, I'm head fucking first. Yeah. Like, I don't go slowly, like... I am diving headfirst into the deep end because mm-hmm. I was so determined to get out of this. I was tired of feeling all the emotions I was feeling. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to get better so I could love my baby. Yeah. And when I started to reintroduce these foods and they didn't go well, it made me so mad mm-hmm. because like I'm doing it. I've been perfect. I've been perfect. I've not, I've not eaten not a morsel of chocolate. Yeah. I, I, I sit there and I'll, I'll smell the bag like a, a fiend, like just let me smell the chocolate, but I refused. And so when things, when I would introduce things and things didn't go well, I just became so frustrated. Like why, what is wrong with my body? Mm-hmm. And so that those thoughts started coming into my head, which we all know are not the thoughts to be having. Yeah. So you know, smelling the, huffing the chocolate, right? I mean, my kids would just look at me like, mom, are you okay? Are you okay over there? I'm like, well, no, but just let me be. Yeah. So that's, it's, 
that is hard, right? It, it's, it's not easy to say no to some of the things that you really love. And so yeah. how did you then heal that relationship to food and not get stuck in this place of lack? I just had to, well, the fact that I did improve was a huge motivation. Right. You know, I was feeling good. I think it would have been a lot different if I hadn't been feeling good. Mm-hmm. I think I would have been become very depressed by it. But because I felt really good, then I was like, I don't care if I have to bring my food everywhere. And here I come with my lunchbox to parties and the get togethers and I'm hiding, you know, Redmond sea salt in my purse because I don't trust it out the restaurant. Like it didn't matter to me because I did feel so amazing. So I didn't, to me, that's what helped me the most. I feel good. I'm not having anxiety. I'm connecting with my baby. I'm getting out there. I'm I'm doing, you know, I feel ran again. I feel like myself again. Mm-hmm. And so that, that kept me going. But again, it would have been different if, if, if it would have been the other way. Yeah. Now, do you feel like you still experience any food fear, food anxiety at this, at this point in your, your healing process? Oh, yeah. I mean, so I was on AIP when my, I guess, quote unquote, second health crisis hit with my vertigo and then subsequent diagnosis of EBV. Yeah. And... Again, those thoughts, I'm doing it perfectly. Like I'm what it what am like I'm already on an autoimmune protocol diet. Mm-hmm. How much more damn diet can I do? Mm-hmm. And so I was able to start to reintroduce quickly some things in my into my diet because I started to have reactions to foods that I was eating normally, mm-hmm. like sweet potatoes, uh, turkey. I had been eating the same turkey, the same brand of turkey for a year, mm-hmm. not a single reaction. And then one day I, I eat a meal that I've eaten a hundred times at this point and my mouth started to feel tingly and swollen mm-hmm. and felt like I had a lot of extra saliva in my mouth. And I said, well, that's weird. Okay, let me just, I'll brush that off. Mm-hmm. It, it happened again. Then it happened with another food. And I started to dig down into it and start to look at some other people and and experiences they've been through. And there's a lot of people out there that have been on restrictive diets and AIP in particular Mm -hmm. that have the same thing. Mm -hmm. And some people as far as having anaphylactic reactions to foods that normally would have been a-okay the day before was fine. And then all of a sudden we're having to go to the hospital because we're having our throats are closing up. Mm-hmm. Like this was not as uncommon as I thought. So that was terrifying. Um, I read horror stories of people going down to five, 10 foods that they were safely able to eat. Mm-hmm. So I very rapidly started to introduce some starches into my diet um, because when you're on those restrictive diets for so long, the, the bacteria, the, your, your gut changes. Mm-hmm. And we need certain, certain things in our diet. Like the, the rice had been really beneficial for me. It gave me that starch, that uh, the resistant starch. Mm-hmm. I was eating more of that. I was able to introduce oatmeal. But the, the whole thing about the, the worst part was right after we started, I say we, because at that point I was um, just about bedridden with EBV and my husband was caring for me. So if I say we, <laughs> um, it's my husband I'm speaking about. Um, but you know, we were introducing as many of those things as we can, but every time I ate, I was having so much pain about it. Mm-hmm. I was terrified to put anything in my mouth. Every breakfast, lunch, dinner, any meal that I had to eat, I didn't want to eat. I was, I was terrified. What if this happens? What if I have an ineffective response? I just assumed every food was going to cause me a terrible reaction. And so it became, eating became a nightmare. What should be, you know, happy and, you know, your memories are made around food. Turkey, you know, that's Thanksgiving and cinnamon rolls for, you know, breakfast, that's Christmas, and s'mores by the fire, that's Fourth of July summertime. Like, we, ha- we have so many things, so, so many memories, so many things associated with food. I was hating food so much. 
every bite I was having to put in my mouth and I was telling myself, you are safe. Mm. You're this thank you sweet potato for nourishing me. Thank you um, chicken for giving me the protein I need for the day. They, I was thanking, showing gratitude to my food. And then some days I would straight up yell at my food. I would start, I would pick up my chicken or my sweet potato and I'd say, fuck you, I'm eating you, and shove it in my mouth. And <laughs> that was the end of it. And my husband was there cheering me on and then just, you know, go, 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 do it, do it. And because I said, no, no food, you're not going to win. I was giving my power over to this food, over to a sweet potato, over to an avocado. And that, <laughs> I laugh, but I think that was probably the biggest, like, game changer. That's probably what helped the most was yelling at it and saying, you will not win. You are here to nourish my body. You're not here to make me terrified of you. And if I have to scream, fuck you, sweet potato, across my house, mm. then so be it. Yeah. A lot. You just said so many amazing things. First, this is the first time in this food anxiety series that it's come up to talk to your food. And I think it's a really, really important piece that we've missed so far is just sitting down and either having immense gratitude for that food nourishing us or taking back our power and not letting food control us so much. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a huge part of it is that, you know, we can't let food control our lives. There's so much more to our life than just food. And I love that you've realized that and taken back your power in this just beautiful freaking way. So thank you for sharing that and being real about it. Also, that just this just came up too. I think so many of us are afraid to get angry. And um, some people might have been listening to you just there and going, oh, well, I don't want to be angry at my food or it's, it's bad to, to yell. It's, it's bad to get you know, whatever, have negative emotions. Uh, right. What would you say to the people who think that it's like bad to have these negative emotions? Well, <laughs> I, I would say wishful thinking. If you really think that, and I don't say that in an ugly way, of course, but if you really think that you're always going to be happy and perky and life is going to be good, you're lying to yourself and those emotions will come out. Like those emotions, they want a little spotlight. They want some time in there. And I think it's okay to honor them and say, no, fuck you, sweet potato. You don't own me. And yell at that sweet potato. Because it, it was almost something primal that comes out, like just yelling at it and just getting mad. And you, I felt powerful in that moment. And if I – oh, go ahead. I was going to say, because so many of us probably feel that anger towards the fucking sweet potato, yeah. but we're afraid that like, you know, we can't be angry at it. And so what you're doing is just expressing that emotion so that you can process it and move through it instead of it, it having to like find this place inside your body where it hides forever. Like you're just expressing it. And like you said, that is like this primal thing. It's this real, this raw, this natural thing that you're just expressing how you really feel. Because it can yes. be freaking frustrating and you can be pissed that, you know, but then you also get to take back your power through that conversation with food as well. Absolutely. I mean, I just have learned through this journey that I, it's okay if I'm sad, mm -hmm. honor it. It's okay if I'm angry, honor it. It's okay. But yes, it's, it's. I'm not saying let me sit in my anger all day and just be bitter and frustrated. No, mm -hmm. but yeah, it's giving that, like you said, that little moment to that sweet potato or to whatever you're dealing with mm -hmm. and getting mad and yelling, get it out, get it out of your body Yeah, because it's going to be worse if you smush it down in you mm -hmm. and it's going to come out. Now it, it, it might come out when you're talking to your spouse and he leaves his socks on the floor and you just lash out at him because, you know, oh my gosh, why did you leave all your socks on the floor again? Or it might come out in illness. It might come out somewhere else, but it's got to come out. And I'm just allowing, uh, you know, all that, the, the term where you just allow those emotions to 
come across like clouds, like let them, let them pass in front of you. Hey, I see you anger. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to sit with you for a minute. All right. I see. Bye. Bye. Yeah. See you later. You know, thank you for showing me whatever you've needed to show me and now you can go on your way. Yeah. I think that this, just to take a pause for a second, like, and just tell everyone listening that you all have permission, give yourself permission to be angry and like those clouds, like let it, the anger come out and then let it pass and let it come up, be sad and then let it go. Uh, instead of letting it manifest into something bigger, like, like you said, the examples of yelling at your spouse or chronic illness or whatever that may be. Cause I think so many of us are, that are listening that have chronic illness of any kind. It's there's certainly a physical component component to it, but oftentimes there's this emotional baggage that we've just been carrying that's fucking heavy and you're tired of carrying it. So yes, just let yes. it go. <laughs> let it fucking go. If that hasn't been my mantra <laughs> for the past several months, just let that baggage go. Yes, I don't want to hold on to the anger. And honestly, reading about other people's story about how they've overcome um, the the food restriction and able to put it back in their diet. It's been months and months and months of process and certain supplements and certain this and that. And I've been, and not to say that this would be for everybody, but for me personally, I've not taken a single supplement to combat this, the, the food issues. Mm-hmm. Me literally either giving things to my food or screaming curse words at it has worked. Mm-hmm. I it, And now, I mean, there's still things that I have chosen not to eat for, um, I think my, my best health, but I've been able to eat that sweet potato. Mm-hmm. I've been able to eat that turkey mm-hmm. and I, st- and I'm still pushing myself more and more. I, <laughs> It's going to sound so silly, but my husband will get um, like a, a French fry, like a frozen fry, and it'll have some things like that I normally wouldn't eat, like maybe some not super great oils or like a spice set, but I'll sit there and I'll say, nope, no French fry. You do not get to win. And I'll either lick the fry or I take a bite out of it, almost like in rebellion. Yeah. <laughs> this poor French fry had no idea what's coming. Like, <laughs> We're having this moment, but I've, I've fought hard to get out of this food fear. Yeah. Hard. And again, it's, it's an ongoing process. You'll, you know, you come over and you'll see me lick potato chips or bite a French fry or yell at my food, but I'm fighting. I'm, I'm, I'm going to beat it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so powerful, right? I think it just, too, just admitting that there's not even like admitting, just being truthful and vulnerable that like, this is still, this is still something that I'm going through. This is still something that I'm working through. And, and it's, it's, you know, it, there's room for it to continue to improve as well. So you also became an FDN and I've had an my FDN come on the show before. So it's a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. And were there any aha First of all, what inspired you to do that? Second, were there any aha moments during that process of learning and just gleaning more knowledge about food in that training? Um, I became an FDN. I think it's something that I've wanted to do for a long time. Like I said, with my son, it started, I always say it's like my hippie journey, (laughs) like whatever you want to call it, granola, crunchy, whatever you want to say. Yeah. But I, it started with him and how I saw uh, how we were able to uh, work to healing him through um, diet, lifestyle change. And so I think it's always been something on the back of my mind. And then um, last year, I guess it's now been over uh, maybe about 18 months now, mm-hmm. I said, no more, no more putting mom on the back burner. Mm-hmm. This is what I want to do. I'm so passionate about it. I'm so passionate. And then even as I got into my second health crisis, I said, it was even more motivation to keep going and to keep finishing school. Cause I love, I mean, I love this kind of stuff. Like I, I love the food. I love digging in deep on, you know, um, the root causes of, of these symptoms that pop up and seemingly, um, not even relative symptoms that pop up. And I just, this was just something I knew I, that I was here to do. Yeah. 
you know, mom was my first hat, very young. And I've been wearing the mom hat for, yes, now 12 years. Uh, but I had to say, like, I can wear another hat and I want to help other women. And I want to be right down in the trenches. I am in the trenches with these women in my own healing. I am not perfect. Mm -hmm. And let me hold your hand and we'll walk this health journey together. Mm -hmm. and let And I will be honored for whatever woman chooses me to hold their hand and support them. Mm -hmm. So I, I love it. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I, I can't even say enough good things and, and how I feel seeing women thrive and be the best that they can possibly be and work on them themselves and, mm -hmm. and, and then them turning it to their family and seeing that it's going to turn into generational yeah. healing for people that, I mean, that'll make me cry right here. I mean, hearing people, you know, their kids will be affected, which only make their kids be affected. Like, wow. thank you. Like how humbling and honoring is that to walk alongside these women? Yeah, you're right. There is. It's, it's like the one soul you touch then impacts their entire family potentially. And then there is this generational healing that just this knowledge is being spread and to be the catalyst for that is so powerful and so humbling, as you know. Uh, so a lot of this has also been inspired. Like you said, you've, you've mentioned your family several times. So let's talk about them. You have a big <laughs> family. Tell me about your family. And also, I'm curious. So, you, you know, I don't have any any kiddos yet, but, you know, I'm thinking about my future because my fiance and fiance. So getting used to saying that word. <laughs> I love that word. <laughs> We're like, we feel kind of like hoity-toity, but we're like, whatever, beyond <laughs> So we, we plan to have kids. And one of the things that I have in my mind is just like how right now he eats pretty much the same food as I do. But then when you bring kids in the picture, like how does that all play out and impact? Like, do the kids eat the same as you? Does your husband eat the same as you? And tell me about your big family. Oh man. Okay. Well, I... I've been uh, with my husband for 14 years. We've been married for 12, 11. He's looking at me. He's my audio guy today. So he's like <laughs> making sure all my equipment's um, working properly. Um, and we have six children. We have a um, Peyton, he's 12. Mm -hmm. uh, Penelope, she's 10. Uh, Milo, he's six. We have um, Malachi and Zane, they're twins, and they just turned four. And then we have uh, Rowan, who is three, three and a half. Um, four of them are biological, and then the twins, Malachi and Zane, are adopted. We adopted them. Um, their gotcha day is coming up in October, um, but they've been with us for about a year and a half now. And uh, they have special needs. Um, Zane has traumatic brain injury because they have they were shaken when they were uh, about four months old. Mm -hmm. And um, they, I, we knew that we wanted to adopt uh, children with special needs or a child. And we just laugh and say that we got a bonus baby when we got <laughs> twins. Um, so we, yes, we have six kids. Uh, we have a dog and we have four cats uh, and, and two rats because my son uh, loves Harry Potter and he wanted rats. So uh -huh. now I'm a rat grandma. <laughs> uh, they, I'm still getting used to them, but uh, it's just some crazy, crazy uh, life that has come into, you know, that has come in, into, in, to this life and I am just so thankful. This is not what I have ever expected. Mm -hmm. And I'm so grateful for all these little humans that I get to raise. Um, but yeah, with the, with the food, uh, <laughs> I have to share this story. When we were looking um, at changing our diet for our oldest son, mm -hmm. we were talking and we need the gluten-free thing and we were going back and forth. And I always had wanted to be a vegetarian. And I told my husband, and I mean, we knew nothing about anything. And I said, I'm gonna be a vegetarian. I'm cooking all vegetarian meals. If you don't like it, don't eat. And that is, I do not recommend saying that to your spouse, but that's, that's what I said to him. 
And um, thankfully, he's been on board with whatever I've chosen to do. Um, and as I mean, if I need to juice, the man's juicing for me. If I need something particular, he's getting it. If I'm making, you know, stinky bone broth, you know, for days on end, he's smelling chicken feet from around the house. So, you know, <laughs> he's been very, very uh, gracious. Um, my kids all eat a pretty much a paleo diet. I feel like that's what they thrive best on. Peyton has been gluten-free for as long as I can remember at this point. Um, and then I do try to allow them treats here and there, like um, for the little boy's birthday, the twins birthday, um, Malachi said he wanted pizza. So I bought the best pizza I could and it had cheese on it. But I said, it's okay. Mm -hmm. Let it go. You know, I, 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 I know that nutrition is important and I know that food is important, but it is also in the mind. It is also, what am I giving that cheese power to? Mm -hmm. You know, am I giving the cheese power to, to take over my kids' body and make them sick? Or am I saying, enjoy it? You know, I'm not eating lots of cheese every day, but here's a, here's a birthday treat for your, you know, to celebrate brother's birthday. So they eat pretty paleo, and they're very happy about it. We joke that they didn't know what even kid food is. When we were bringing our twins home, I made this point to get all the kid food, you know, macaroni and cheese and, you know, chicken nuggets and shapes of dinosaurs and all these things because I wasn't really sure how they had been eating. And uh, my son, my oldest, he said, Mom, what is kid food? I, I don't understand. And I said, well, baby, like, it's just food, like macaroni and hot dogs. Like, I'm trying to explain it to me. He said, oh, what, you mean, like, other kids don't eat chicken liver? <laughs> I said, uh, no. <laughs> Not quite. Because he loves chicken livers and sardines out of the can. Like, that, that's his favorite foods. Yeah. So, um, you know, they, they know how important that food is, that it either can make them feel really good or make them feel really crappy. And there are some days that I allow them to eat things that will probably make them pretty crappy because I want them to understand their bodies. And I want them to understand, hey, man, if I eat all this pizza at this birthday party, oh, I'm sick. Like, my stomach hurts. Like, then we know, hey, like, Maybe we can enjoy one slice and maybe not 10 slices or maybe let's just say no to the pizza next time. You know, like letting them be empowered too to make their own choices. Like I can guide them, but I don't need to, I don't need to dictate what they eat. I just do offer them the best choices, you know, I can and allow them to know what's the best choice for their body and, and to let them understand their body. Yeah. I feel like you're... Oh, you're the cool mom. I feel like you are a cool <laughs> mom. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. That just makes me laugh all the time because I have friends that'll say that to me. You're so cool, Ren. You're like such a rock star. And I'm like, I'm literally 80 years old and trapped in a almost 32 year old body. I am not the least bit cool. <laughs> They're just convinced. I'm like, come, come into my house about 8 p.m. This cool, this cool mom is sleeping. <laughs> right in your robe grandma robe <laughs> I have my robe I'm knitting something <laughs> I, I just I, I'm definitely I, I take the grandma role pretty pretty hard yeah <laughs> well you are a rat grandma you said <laughs> I, I am a rat I mean literally so I am a rat grandma uh, oh man I, I love too that you just um I think that some of like my friends that are moms even are afraid to like give their kids certain foods because it's not X, Y, Z, but you made a really, really beautiful point, which is that you're also empowering your kids to notice their own intuitive feelings, their own reaction to food. Does this make me feel good? Does that candy bar make me feel like shit? probably right yes <laughs> you know? versus this you know whatever home cooked meal or something or the sweet potatoes or the chicken or the broccoli like does that make me feel good potentially yes and each of our bodies is still going to be unique in that sense but 
I just think that's a really, really good perspective um, and something I'm going to take with me. I'm going to steal that from you <laughs> whenever I have kids. <laughs> take it, take it. I mean, in the beginning, I wanted to be that dictator and say, no, you have to have this. And no, that's not organic. You can't eat that. And, mm -hmm. you know, they're still learning themselves too. And I don't want to steal that from them. I don't want to take away you know, their power in the same way. I'm afraid that that food's going to, you know, I'm giving that food that power. Like mm -hmm. I'm doing it just as much as the food. If I'm so terrified of everything, even yesterday, my daughter made uh, gluten-free cupcakes for the twins and she put, she found, I don't know how, but in the pantry, I think it was the old science experiment because we homeschool our kids and uh, it was sprinkles and not the, the good sprinkles. They were the junky food coloring and every bit a part of me wanted to die. <laughs> I wanted to say, no, don't put those on those cupcakes. And I had to let it go. I said, sure, do it. Mm -hmm. Like put some sprinkles on there, have fun. Like yeah. you just, you, ha you have to learn to let certain things go and let them make their own choices. Yeah. And, they, and, they're, and they'll surprise you. I mean, they'll do amazing if you let them, if you let go mm -hmm. and you let them make those choices. Yeah, maybe they're going to shove 10 slices of pizza in their body the first time, but watch them the next time. Yeah. Watch them the third time. They will shock you yeah. with what choices they make and what choices they share to their friends or what mm -hmm. foods they offer to their friends hey, try these seaweed snacks. They're really good. And getting their friends to try. I mean, you'll be blown away. We don't give our kids enough credit. Yeah. We don't give them enough credit that they have that power too if we allow it. Mm -hmm. If we say, okay, I'm going to let them, I'm going to let them go on their own. Yeah, I love that. I love that you brought up those seaweed snacks too because <laughs> our, our nephews uh, live in Oakland, California, and that's they actually love those. But I, these are my fiance's sister's kids. And I was like, they like the seaweed, like what? No way. Like, <laughs> but it's possible, right? Like if you give them their, their own choices. And I, I just think that's so fun and so beautiful. So for the person listening, that's kind of feels like they're in the trenches of like, they're really just struggling with that relationship with food. They have the food fear. They have the food anxiety. Maybe they've done the elimination diet or AIP and they're they're unable to, to reintroduce the foods that they wish they were able to reintroduce. What words of wisdom or advice would you give that person? First, I would say hello, because I'm laying right there in the trenches with them. Mm -hmm. Like, I'd love to give them a hug and let them know that I know it feels really fucking hard right now. Mm -hmm. And there are probably times where you don't even want to eat because you don't even want to deal with it. I absolutely get that mm -hmm. man I mean just even saying it out loud like I'm thinking about how far I've come how far I've come from hating every meal I've eaten to now where I've you know I eat my breakfast and it's just I'm eating breakfast it's not a thing anymore yeah. first know that it's not going to be like this forever I think that's the biggest thing when we're in the middle of shit <laughs> We just feel like the shit's gonna be on us all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's not, a little bit by little bit, it's gonna fall off and it will be better. So first, hello, hug, we're gonna get there. And then just taking it really slow and, and really thinking about why are you feeling that fear? Like, what about it is, is scaring you? Like, are you feeling afraid that a certain food is going to hurt you? Are you giving your power to that food? Or are you feeling fear because it's a different, it's a fear, a misplaced fear, I should say? Like maybe you're feeling financial fear. You know, man, I don't have enough money in the bank, or I can't pay this bill, or this is stressful, or I got to go pay for this, or I got school supplies out the asshole. Like, I, are you then pushing that fear over onto your food? because that's easy to do. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel like really sit in that why. And I know that's like the shittiest fucking answer because you really want like, okay, for me, I'm like, don't give me that stupid answer. Like, don't give me the why. Give me the like, 
number one, take this supplement, uh-huh. you know, take this. Okay. Do that. Like, but it's not so it's, it's simple. And again, it's not so simple. It's simple that when you get down into the why, I think there's so many, and you allow your body to speak to you and say, okay, this is why. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I, I know a lot of the times it's like, okay, am I fearful of this French fry because I'm afraid of like, okay, it doesn't have great oils and it probably has crappy salts and God only knows where the potatoes came from. Like, am I worried that that's going to like derail all my healing if I eat one French fry? Mm-hmm. Like that's giving, again, that's giving, I keep feeling like I keep saying this over and over again, but you're just giving that power to that French fry. You're saying French fry, you have all the power to derail everything I have worked for, for the past week, month, year. And that's not true. Yeah. I'm not saying eat those French fries every single day, you know, for every meal. Like, no, obviously not that, but you're, you're letting that, that fright like rule over you. Yeah. And once you say, no, I'm not going to allow that to happen. And again, you take back your power and curse at that thing. Take a bite out of that French fry and say, fuck you fry. You're mine. Like, just let it come out. For me, it was letting all those emotions come out and yelling at it. Whatever crazy thoughts came into my head, I don't even want to say they're crazy, but just wild thoughts that would come into my head, that was so helpful mm-hmm. because I wasn't letting that French fry win. Yeah. And, and then when you get to the foods that are really nourishing, like broccoli, Brussels sprouts, sweet potatoes, you can say, thank you, sweet potato, for nourishing me and look up all the nutrients in a sweet potato. Somebody had given me that advice and I loved it because I was able to say, okay, Google nutrients in a sweet potato. And I was able to da, 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 all the things that a sweet potato can offer me. And I was like, thank you, sweet potato for offering me vitamin C. Thank you, sweet potato for giving me carbohydrates to help my body have energy. Thank you, sweet potato for, you know, da, 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 you know, go, just go down the list and just thank it every bite. Thank you, sweet potato, and just let it nourish you. Yeah. This has been solid gold. Thank you so much, Ren. I appreciate your perspective. I, I, I love hearing about you and your family. I just, I love all of you, even though I haven't met you. <laughs> <laughs> if I were to open their uh, bedroom door, you'll hear a stampede very quickly. <laughs> So I'll just keep them in there for, for now. A little bit longer. Mom's right. almost done. <laughs> I know. They're doing really, really well. That's been kind of the crazy thing about uh, being a, a work-at-home mom plus being a homeschool mom and having so many kids and so many different needs in the house. So it's like, mom just needs to go hide in the laundry room and do some work. <laughs> Can you just let her be? Right. Mom wants to talk to a client, but Again, that's why like, I love the clients that I do because they're women or they're wanting to have kids or they have kids and we can relate and, and know that, yeah, I'm probably going to get interrupted four times in this call, but you know, so are you. Yeah, so are you. Yeah. So, okay. Perfect. Well, I just want to thank you again. Uh, where can our listeners find you and follow along with your healing story or work with you? Um, you can go to my website, worthitwellness.com. Um, I'm also on Instagram, which I post all about my healing, um, about my kids, about just everything about me. I try not to hold anything back because I feel like um, we hold back way too much. We don't let our true shit come out. And, and I'm, I'm a hot mess most of the days, but so is everybody else. So let's just be loud and proud about it. Um, so worth it wellness is my Instagram handle. And, um, then my family and I are building a school bus, um, in order to travel full time across the country. And we, uh, are on Instagram right now as, uh, Liberty, the healing bus. She is going to be a very, uh, 
sustainable, chemical-free as possible school bus. Uh, we're stripping it down to her bones and then building up everything from the glue to the paint to the wood to everything will be as safe as possible to just continue to heal myself and everybody when we get on the road. Mm. So we're really excited about that. So if you love a school bus conversion, come <laughs> check out Liberty. But uh, I'm, I'm always on Worth It Wellness on Instagram. So come check awesome. me out. I'm definitely going to be following along that <laughs> journey. That's like a secret bucket list item is to do some sort of cross country travel in a van or a bus or something. So I know I'll be inspired by you doing it with six kids as well. <laughs> Amen to you, sister. And the animals and the kids. Oh my God, I forgot about the animals. <laughs> yes, I know. I know. We're already like, what? Oh my, I think it's how many square feet is it? Like 225? 225 square feet inside the bus. Um, so we have floor plans taped out on our living room right now, trying to figure it out. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we when we come through Colorado, we'll definitely have to uh, stop by. And Please do take, take you for a ride on the bus and I uh, love hang out. That, that oh my be gosh, so so friggin' fun! So I can't <laughs> wait for that. I can't wait to like visit everybody. It's, I'm just I'm yeah. so pumped. So. Amazing. Well, thank you again, Ren. I so appreciate your time and hopefully we'll have you back on soon. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I am beyond honored to hold this space for you, to create this content for you and to stimulate our brains and make us think in a different way, including me. This podcast has shifted the way I have thought as well. And if there's anything that you took away from this episode or any other episode, I would be so honored and grateful if you would share that with me on social media, either through a personal message or put it in your Instagram story, tag autoimmune tribe, and know that we're in this together, that this is truly a community that our paths are interwoven for a reason and that we get this beautiful opportunity to come together for the greater healing of all of our unique bodies. So if you loved this episode or any of the other episodes of the Healing Uncensored podcast, please share them with a friend, a loved one, an acquaintance. You never, never know whose life you might be impacting or changing with just a simple share. That's all for now, tribe. I will see you next time. Have a beautiful rest of your day. I love you so much.